back i can talk that is actually a huge deal i spent all of february like calendar the entire month when i say all of february i mean i actually am rounding down because i got sick in late january and i spent the entire stupid month with no voice amidst other stupid symptoms you did call me and i thought that i was being haunted yeah no it so we didn't record uh, we did, however, we did do our first Pages and Queer show, which, you know, felt like a real turning point for the show. New Year, new us. Um, but we, yeah, no, I'm back. I'm feeling good. I'm back in the saddle. We've got our voice back. Eric's been through two separate rounds of antibiotics since we last joined you. That's right. I did one week of antibiotics for uh, sinus infection. The next week, I did a round of antibiotics for strep. I'm excited to see what happens this coming week. Um, but I don't know. I mean, the world is full of mystery, Gout, and all of croup, these mysteries—I don't know—give me a horrible throat and runny nose. So, um, yeah, we're we're glad to be here. So, I suppose on that note, I should say welcome to this episode of Print Run. My name, triumphantly and spoken aloud in an adult male voice, is Eric Kane. With me, as always, Laura Zatz. Say hello, Laura. Hello, Laura. So. We're back. It's March um, 2023. March is right along. Winter does not. Um, we are now in our here. eighth snowiest <laughs> so. winter in recorded record <laughs> Laura, in Minnesota. Laura, I'm dying. I haven't, like... We might crack the top five. Usually I don't suffer like this. Like, I'm ready for it. You know what I mean? Like, you, when you live in Minnesota, you have made the choice to live in a snowy winter. Yes. And so it's not as though I'm not ready for snow. It's not that I don't like snow. But it is mid-March. It's historic times, Eric. And, you know, let me tell you something. So I'm from here originally. uh March used to be, when I was growing up, the snowiest month because January and February were too cold to snow. If you don't know that that's a thing, welcome. That is a thing. (laughs) You are so lucky to not know that. (laughs) Uh, March used to be the snowiest month, and now it's just the whole winter is the snowiest month. But, yes, we are now now making history. We're number eight. Two days ago, we were at number ten. I, I this morning to even get here, I had to scrape our car again. Yeah, that's and you do like, that every day. And like, I was just so, <laughs> I was so sad. And, however, we should like talk about things these people care about. Um, we have a wonderful topic for Listen, you today. The snow is exciting. We're gonna basically. This is how I'm thinking about today's topic. We're taking all of the things that feel sort of. What do we want to say? Ta- like the little taboos, and we're going to yank them into the light. A very specific one. But before we get to that, and I'll say more in a second on it, how about the basic rundown? Absolutely. So it's midway through March. We've got um, our, we're, we're triumphantly returning with recorded query and first page routine critiques um if these are not your thing over on patreon you maybe tried them you're like i don't know i don't really learn that way we did something interesting last month because Mm -hmm. eric literally couldn't speak Mm -hmm. um where we did word document with like track changes and comments um for our critique show um 
So if you want to kind of have access to that and download it and take a look, uh, you can head on over to Patreon. Um, and again, as always, if you need access to that, want access to that, cannot afford our Patreon prices, just send us an email. We're at printrunpodcast at gmail.com. We will give you access to both our Patreon um, like audio feed and we can send the links to this specific set of written critiques. Um, People like the written critiques. They're helpful. <laughs> they're helpful. I think. I think maybe what might be a valuable thing, like, please let us know if you did like them yeah. or if you didn't and I've like heard them. Some people that liked them. Yeah, and one thing that we can do, maybe because I am increasingly aware that I am an oral learner, uh, but a lot of other people don't You're learn like what? that with my ears. I learn things with my ears. Oral? I hear them. Yeah, which is really spell, funny. Spell oral. A U R A L. Okay. Yeah. It sounds like you're like doing telekinesis over there. Like I mean, inter- I could. You're like doing tarot or something. You're <laughs> interpreting the auras. <laughs> I mean, I could. You uh, I'd have to read a book on that. Anyway, um, but, you know, some people learn different ways. Yeah. And we one of our goals this year is to advance our offerings in a way that will make sense to the most different types of learners. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you like it and you want to see more of that, let us know. But also, if you want us to critique your first page or query, send it to us, printrunpodcast at gmail.com. We also have our dates for our office hours posted. Mm-hmm. So If you're listening to this on Tuesday morning, Laura's office hours are coming up there yeah. this Tuesday, afternoon. Tuesday, March 14th at 12 CST. Yeah, and then I'm the and week after that. if you're listening to this later because you're like doing a job or something on Tuesday, uh, wah, wah. it'll be recorded and it'll be posted on Patreon. And Eric's are coming up the week after. So I can already tell I'm feeling more sound effecty <laughs> now that I can talk now that again. <laughs> you can like make actual sounds. I'm like hearing myself be really annoying <laughs> over here. <laughs> Uh, You're going to start doing impressions. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Anyway, friends, the topic for today is silence. Um, We're talking about silence. And what I mean by that is the various moments, and it is wide open, and we're going to get to a bunch of different stuff as it relates to the concept of silence in book publishing. But it means probably what you're imagining, which is all the various moments in the book publishing pipeline when you aren't allowed to say something. When you got news, but when you can't got talk news, about it. news, or you're at a specific part of the process and you have to be confidential, or the parts where you're told that the etiquette says you're not supposed to say certain things aloud. All that kind of stuff is what we're breaking down today. Um, and, Laura, this, this episode was, the original idea was yours. I, I sometimes have ideas, yes. <laughs> and it just immediately clicked with me because of the same reason that I think it will click with everybody else, which is that these little decisions about when you're allowed to say what, I feel like they sort of dominate publishing discourse in different ways and at different moments, and most people find it incredibly frustrating and maddening and oftentimes incoherent. I mean, what do you think? When you think of, like, are you approaching this topic from a place of joy and love or a place of frustration and angst can it be both well of course it can be both <laughs> like oh look at little miss nuance over here okay fine um yeah no t- so 
Open us up. Talk to me. Yeah. Okay. So my sort of impetus for this episode came about because somebody said something a little bit snarky sort of generally about how authors on social media, particularly Twitter, but kind mm-hmm. of all over social media, mm-hmm. will, you know, the on Twitter, there's the version of like the vague publishing tweet. And mm-hmm. like that's so like basically that's saying I have <laughs> news. Just thinking about it. I yeah. have news, but I can't talk uh-huh. about it yet. But you want to say you have news. And because it's good news. It feels good to like have those brain chemicals. And, it, and it's good news. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that was happening at the time when... I had like I was finalizing a contract for a project that still hasn't been announced. <laughs> and like I had this idea before Eric got laryngitis. Um, so it's been like, I don't know, six, seven weeks or so. And I still can't talk about this thing. And one of the things that I noticed is this is like simultaneously, really frustrating for writers who have to keep secrets and also are seeing other people with secrets. Mm -hmm. But it is also something that like I have progressively stopped caring about. Yeah. Because our (laughs) work, our work as agents doesn't necessarily hinge on the public knowing things in the same way. Like, once we sell the book and do the deal, like we're working behind the scenes. Like so it we're... doesn't, it doesn't. See, this is this is where it gets interesting, I think, because I'm with you where it's or at least it sounds like I'm with you, based on your characterization of this stuff. Like I find the online culture mm-hmm. around people saying they've got news but not saying what the news is and pretending it's like super angsty to keep the news in I mean sometimes it is and you know it's like but it's all just like to me very base attention seeking behavior Um, and I find it kind of frustrating but I will say like I don't know you and me are we're small shop right You, we're not WME we're not any of these giant agencies that sort of exist in people's heads when they think of the agency in the movies. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. We are a boutique agency that has to kind of grind a little bit to get our bread. And some what that means, sometimes at least for me, is that while you're 100% correct that all of our actual substantive work does not relate at all to what anyone reads on Twitter or any sort of announcement, right? Like, when by the time that announcement is up, you and me are we're deep in a contract we're doing some other part of the book you know we've moved on to something else it could be like six eight months after the fact or two years after the fact yeah and but it's like it becomes this sort of weird time lapse thing where it's like you have to sort of revisit the beginning of a project again it's like you know when an author announces something i often have the thought like oh wow i totally forgot that that was going live today or whatever and you you have to kind of like Reinject the celebration you already probably did, right? Because like, what happens when you and I sell a book or something? We drink we martinis. Go, yeah, we go. We do something nice. You know what I mean? Like we, and then we have to like re-simulate those feelings again. You know, for the timeline. <laughs> but the one way it really does matter, and why it connects to the idea of like the size of our agency and stuff, is like 
there is a certain amount of input, and this is, I think, where it comes from for writers and other industry professionals as well. There is a certain amount of importance for people at large to understand what you're working on and how you're doing. You know what I mm-hmm. mean? Like it matters to my career that people know who whose books I've sold. And yeah, that's like, a really good point. Like it, I wouldn't get clients without it, especially someone like me who works very much on commission and referral. Like people wouldn't come to me or they wouldn't pick up the phone if they couldn't see oh, he sold the book by, you know, X author or whatever. Like, it's, it's in a lot of ways, it's my lifeblood to, to what I'm doing. But it's it's just so annoying. <laughs> and it's so, the timeline for it, like, when you can share different things, I find to be, it's definitely different from publisher to publisher because that's whose choice this is at the it's end of the day, from right? It's different from book to book. It's different from book to book. It's different from publisher to publisher. Like, it just feels like you have to come up with a different sort of logic for when you can talk about something every single time. And I don't know, like, when it comes down to when it comes down to deal announcements, mostly all the different considerations are fun, right? Like, you're basically saying... When can I talk about this happy thing? And mm-hmm. when is it most strategic to talk about this happy thing? Because so a lot of the time, if it's a large project, a large acquisitions, or it's going to be like spearheading a new imprint or something like yeah. that, um, the announcement is held off until oftentimes there's like a final title. There's sometimes a cover. Yeah. There's, you know, if, if the there's... The cover reveal itself is something that exists, like, almost as a separate version of this same conversation, yeah, right? Yeah, but sometimes it's the yeah, same. Yeah. Sometimes it's the same thing. Um, oftentimes, like, if there's a lot of foreign rights or sort of um, film and TV subrights things, a lot of time that needs to get buttoned up before a big project yeah. is announced. Yeah. Um, but also sometimes, and I would say most of the time, all of those things aren't like a key part of a promotion concept and and a strategy, even if the book is big, like sometimes Mm -hmm. it is a thing and sometimes it is not. Um, You know, I think it also depends a lot if a book is written on proposal or not, you know, if the book is fully written and is going to be put into production right away Oftentimes it's announced earlier. Or if it's requestable from reviewers or like if if there's a manuscript that's available for people like so much of it, so much of this timing. There's not really a right answer. No, there's not. And the reason and when you say there's not a right answer, a lot of the time there literally isn't a right answer because (laughs) none of it is going to help. Because the reason all of these things differ so much and why it's such an angsty thing for people is that what you're really up against more than anything else is the attention economy. And that means that when you announce your book, I think for a lot of people, I don't believe this to be clear, but for a whole lot of people, that is the most a whole swath of your following is going to care about that book right then, right? Like... There is, when you announce and say, hey, I've got this thing, you know, I'm announcing this deal, the classic publisher's marketplace screenshot, right? That is the moment of warm fuzzies. And sometimes you might never get a warm, fuzzy feeling like that. Again, later on in the process, you might not. And I mean, hopefully you do. And I, and you and I, <laughs> and whichever publisher it is, we all work very hard to make sure that you do. But I've heard that line bandied about before. Like, the announcement is when people care the most. Mm. And 
that's why I think there is a strategy to announcing when there's actually like the question is when do we want people's eyes on this for the 15 seconds their eyes are going to be on it because sometimes like you need those people to hit the pre-order button or you need them to request the review galley or you need them to you know do whatever do whatever else with the attention you've you know drawn to your page and or sometimes it's just to know that you have a book coming so that then you can hit them over the head with it for the next year yeah, right <laughs> and just, get them to pre-order it and buy it the point it. is yeah. that it's just it's such a difficult like the attention thing and deciding like sometimes a lot of the silence is about issues of confidentiality it's like okay we don't want to talk before there's a contract finished or about to be finished or whatever but sometimes it's about like that moment that flashpoint of saying hey i've got a new book coming and Mm -hmm. everyone giving you your flowers on the internet like that is a strategic moment you know what i mean like that's a moment when you can grow a following solidify a following make them do something you know like and it's just it's such a sh- – that window just feels like it's shrinking and shrinking and shrinking because there are so many books and there are so many demands on people's attention now that the silence now and all the little pre-tweets about how you're going to have some news, like all of that is strategic now, you yeah. know? And it's like it's just like you're getting squeezed on every end. And so you have to make the one minute where you can get people to look at your stuff – I don't know. It, it's – I wish it wasn't like that, you know, but sometimes it, it really is. Yeah, I, I will kind of. So so we've been talking about like the reveal and like the yeah. big reveal yeah. that that kind of matters to us a little bit. Because yeah. a deal going live causes like some subright stuff to happen right. and, and, right. It, and it triggers a little bit of work yes. on our end. Yes. Um, But I do want to push back a little bit on your. Uh, take on the sort of pre-reveal tweets, the vague publishing tweet um, thing. He said well, it is, it is primarily a grab for attention, attention-seeking behavior. Is it is attention-seeking behavior, um, which isn't. And, well, finish, finish your count. And I think that those posts are actually really lovely because, like, yes, it is drawing attention mm-hmm. to this thing and this success that you can't talk about. But what it's also doing is it's kind of like cracking the door open a little bit for other people who might have been querying and that vague publishing tweet sure. is about you signing with an sure. agent or sure. selling a book or something like that. And it's also like I don't necessarily think that it is attention-seeking behavior in a sort of negative way to well, just kind of like bring in your community and say like I have succeeded at this incredibly hard thing that we are all fighting and dying over. Okay, so I should clarify something then because I of course agree with that. <laughs> and like one can seek attention for a number of very good reasons, all of which like every tweet is a ask for attention, right? Like but no, I'm I'm with you on all that stuff, and I do think the, some of the context or the impetus behind it changes the nature of these things. Like you're totally right that, like especially when you're talking to your writing community and stuff, like maybe even before you can officially say something, mm-hmm. like saying that you're gonna say something is the sort of thing that can be a signal to others yeah. or be the sort of like hope injector for others or you know like and all of that really matters because like the other spot, you know, there's a lot of 
you know, we're, we're talking about silence as it relates to, um, I don't know, good news. Success, yeah. Success. But that is not the only time people have to stay quiet in publishing, right? Like, there are lots of these instances where, you know, like, for, and you bring up, like, querying and stuff. Mm-hmm. Or even, like, being on sub once you have an agent. Like, there are tons of weird shifting rules that often go book by book um, with, you know, with those processes, too, related to what you're allowed to say and what you're not. And so, no, I mean, I, I will just say, like, I totally agree with what you're saying, that it's not, like, I'll, <laughs> I'll stand by my attention-seeking characterization, but that's not a bad thing. I'm I'm not above attention-seeking. I Every single, like, I attention-seek more than anyone <laughs> I know. I mean, come on. We're all online. We all know what we're doing. It's fine. Like, it's and it's good in a lot of ways, as you're arguing, it's good to want to, especially, like, you know, if you've, and this is, it feels like really true for people who, you know, engage with right or Twitter or whatever corner of it or whatever little um, faction, you know, they've sort of built over the years. Like saying something positive or promising to say something positive, like it keeps people going, right? Otherwise, mm-hmm. all we would have is like griping and toxicity. You and know? It's, also, it's, everybody deserves, like, the, the moment that you, I think, like should be seeking community and support out of, you know, the whole publishing process is when the big thing happens, you know, like Absolutely. when when you sell the book and even if you can't talk about it, you should still be able to like have other people yeah. like like even if they don't know the details about the fizzy feeling that you're having, like, you know, you should you should be able to like elicit those like support responses and kind of have have that um i want to pivot a little bit pivot so we've been talking about the reveal of good news Uh um there is i think a growing mm, discourse perhaps around what is perhaps professional and appropriate to share and not share about the querying and publishing processes yeah. um, publicly, you know, and I, and I think it's sort of a distillation of, you know, just the general oversharing on the internet discourse. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like, you know, what do you keep in your group chat? What is appropriate to talk about and what is um, like professional Right. And I think like the very first thing that's worth mentioning is that a lot of the time the the idea of professionalism amongst writers has done a lot to protect bad actors in this industry. That's um, what that's what I think that's worth pausing on yeah. for a second. Like mostly what silence around these processes has done is it's given cover for people to do whatever they want with this process be you know bad like you're saying bad actors or you know exploitative in different ways or you know not really treat writers even when it's not like I sometimes I do think that there is this extreme characterization of bad behavior at large as it relates to you know this process and stuff and especially around like not being able to say something but I think what often just happens is like this culture of silence sort of just hides agents or editors or anyone like 
who's just like kind of shitty all the time. <laughs> you know, you know what I'm saying though. It's not, it's not like they're doing something like capital B bad or they're not doing whatever, but they're just sort of not treating writers in their inbox or whoever with very much respect. And it's that gets hidden too. You know what I mean? Like it's not all some giant, you know, cover up that's happening. It sometimes it's just I think that silence sort of hides what are some very ordinary, boring patterns of bad behavior that right. have sort of come to define the querying process, you know? Right. So I think, you know, when, like, moving forward in this conversation, talking about, like, secrecy <clears throat> and professionalism, yeah. uh, know that we are very pro-Whisper Network and yeah. pro-revealing bad actors, and I have two threatened lawsuits to prove it. <laughs> um <God. laughs> Please don't. It's Monday, Laura. I don't. I don't I'm, need this today. I don't need well, people knocking on our door. I don't think over. anybody's gonna threaten me with a libel lawsuit today. So, um, but and I think resetting the little counter. <laughs> I, it's been this many days since I've been threatened with libel. Um, oh God. And but but I think that there is. There's a lot of room that I would like love to see and encourage people to be discussing um, about particularly the queering process because so much of that is, and I'm like getting on my high horse, um, so much of that is structured to convince authors that they do not have agency or power in this process. Yeah. Um, which is not true. If yeah. you've been following Print Run at all, you know that we we believe that is not true. And it's your book. we literally could not do our jobs if we didn't have writers. Um, <clears throat> and so, like, I think the concept of professionalism, like, it is generally acknowledged that it's fine to be like, I'm querying. It's fine to say, you know, I received this many rejections and this many, you know, requests today or this week or this month or whatever, whatever. Um, I think what gets kind of in that like loosey goosey kind of like squishy sort of is this okay? Is this oversharing? Is this unprofessional? Is like just talking super specifically about every single little piece. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean... And, and, like, on the pro side, like, I do think it's valuable to, like, discuss the details and the nitty-gritty of querying with other writers. Absolutely it is. I mean, I also think, though, that some of this behavior, and for better or worse, is designed around the idea of coming across as, like... Professional and unbothered. That and also desirable. Like yeah. no one wants to tweet. Like it's this is a feature of the internet that people want to present the best versions of themselves. And getting online and saying I've been rejected by thirty agents, maybe doesn't feel like you're presenting the best version of yourself. You know what I mean? Even when it's happening to everyone, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Or like most people, like. See, I think it's, the it's been I've been rejected by thirty agents is whatevs, but like I've been rejected today by Laura Zatz. I don't know <laughs> sure, about that. Sure. So I, <laughs> I'm with you, but I, I do think that there, the reason there some of these taboos pop up is it's sort of around I don't want to quite say shame, but like the idea that oh the process isn't going how I want, and if I announce that people will think I'm not 
as exciting of a writer as maybe I would like to come off as or whatever it is, which I think is wrong, by the way, because like I the do. The process requires I'm getting no's. Like I'm, I'm with you where it's like if someone, I think that more, this is one area where I think we've actually moved in a good direction where people are willing to talk more about what pitching their novel to agents was like, which is like sending a ton of emails and hearing nothing back and getting rejected for stupid reasons and all this different stuff that goes into it that I think usually people or in years past, people might have been inclined to hide, right? Like you want to broadcast the good news, not the bad Mm -hmm. news. And so like, I mean, our point here is that it's not necessarily bad news to get rejected a bunch because that's just what the process is. But like, I think that I just I, I sometimes wonder if the way we treat our social media as all part of our own personal branding actually gets in the way of some of the transparency we think is good mm. because people it's not for any pernicious reason it's not because they are trying to um, misrepresent something or stay hidden about a culture of you know abuse or whatever it is sometimes it's that people don't like talking about what's not going right you yeah. know what I mean and it creates. It's the same thing with anything else on the internet. It creates this perception because then the only people you hear from are the ones who have the vague who publishing get, tweets. Who have the vague? Then it's like, oh man, everyone is doing well, but me. Everyone's getting an agent, exactly, but me. Exactly, exactly. Which also isn't true. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. And so, like, I I do think that some of this, and you're right. Like, I I do think like where do I fall on this stuff? I would say that getting online and every time you get a rejection letter from someone. Getting, I got rejected by Laura Zatz or I got rejected by Eric Kane today. Like, it's not that that's a like I don't think there's anything there's nothing like mechanically wrong with doing that. It's just kind of a weird nothing thing to post, and it's just it gets tedious and it's it invites an interaction or a part that is just kind of like what's it for? You know yeah. what I mean? Like. I think like and maybe we're questioning that particularly hard because most of the time that we reject a project it has nothing to do with the quality of the project itself Um, it can there are like a thousand other reasons that have nothing to do with how good of a writer you are yeah that is the reason we turn something down yeah I mean it's just I don't know this question of I, I will say like some I actually think this topic for me is easier to discuss in terms of clients of mine being mm. on submission with editors? So that is an area that I think that confidentiality and, like, secrecy is particularly important. Yes. Because no, I was going to say, like, because that makes way more sense to me. All, like, who has your project is, like, if if people are, like, posting all over what their sub list is and, like, what editors are looking at yeah. it and what editors said about their project. Yeah. no good. That, I'm getting hives thinking about that. That, that. that immediate, like, and let me explain why. Because there is, when an offer hits the table yep. or even is, like, going to ed board, there is a lot of strategy that, and, and a lot of, like, actions that agents are then taking to sort of play projects off of other projects mm-hmm. and, you know, play editors off of editors. And, like, 
the editor knowing who gave that offer, <laughs> like they, you know, it's like somebody helpful to them. If you and not have, helpful to me. <laughs> if you have a smaller press, they gave you yeah. an offer with a super small advance, mm-hmm. and but you also have a manuscript that's submitted to a bunch of other places, uh-huh. maybe some big five places, yeah. and an editor at Penguin Random House is really excited about yep. this project. You don't want them knowing that all they have to do is offer you like a little bit more money than a very low advance. No. You want them coming in thinking that they're playing yeah. against yeah. HarperCollins or Simon & Schuster or whoever. Right. And you want to go in, have them having no idea how much money is being offered. It's just basics of yeah. negotiation at this at that point, right? Like when you go on sub, and this is, this is not an episode about being on submission, but just as a little background here. When I send a project out, or when I start talking to editors about different writers that we're about to go on sub with or whoever it is, the first thing they do is go look at social media. Yeah. And they're not looking for anything in particular, but they're trying to get to know you. They're trying to see, okay, what's this person all about? What are they working on? What do they talk about? What's their following line? You know, how is it that they, you know, use this space? This is and, less important for fiction, by the way. Yeah. This is more important okay, for sure. nonfiction. Well, so one, it still thing, happens, one thing I would really like to not happen when the editor does that check is for that author to have and this to be clear this has never happened like i'm not thinking of a specific case <laughs> but like, because i have very good conversations with my writers before we do any of this but like i don't want them going on online and seeing my writer like live tweeting all the rejections they're getting on their book because <laughs> that's not exciting it's not good and it makes like i don't want you know there's a million strategic career reasons mm-hmm. why keeping quiet about different parts of the process as they're, as they're playing out makes a lot of sense you know what I mean and it's not about it, you know sometimes this is it's it's not about trying to keep people isolated or low information or not giving power to writers I'm actually trying to give writers even more power you know with something like that because we're trying to leverage your situation Mm-hmm. against people who it's like you have a hand of cards right like you don't want people to know what cards are in your hand like you you want them to have to work with the information they have not all the information we have because you know you want them to overpay you want them, no i mean <laughs> we but, love the money no but i'm serious yeah. like it's like you just said like you don't want people to know the exact minimum amount that they can do or offer to get like that's not no one in any industry that has, involves any sort of buying and selling or auctioning or negotiating, whatever, say anything different than that. You know what I yeah. mean? Like it's you want some of it is about keeping information to yourself so as to come off as like you're a, the hot commodity, you mm-hmm. know, and I think there's some of that in play when people are querying like you don't want to like yeah. be seen as someone you know you don't want to broadcast all your rejections not because there's anything wrong with it but just sometimes you're doing you're just playing the game a little bit you know what i mean and it's not yeah. i don't know i just and and you know i think like what i what i would love for everybody yeah. to take away from this conversation is that you can definitely be freer and looser and more open off of social media, but also if social media is the extent of your writing community and that's what you have to play with, then great. Yeah. Like yeah. I I think that the the advice and the discussion that like you can't have anything 
you know, any sort of trials and tribulation about your publishing journey on social media. Wrong. I think it's wrong. Yeah. Um, because like that's that's super valuable. Like social media, yes, is a branding tool, but it's also like where we live our lives. It's and also it's where you can meet people. You know what else though? A lot of people's brands can be based on authenticity. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like very successful people talk about, you know, getting you know, all the hoops they had to jump through or whatever it is. And I, I think that's good. And I do think that, you know, a, a more open culture about this stuff would be helpful. I also think the flip side of that is that it's just understanding that you are talking in a public space mm-hmm. and that in any of these interactions, you're discussing a converse, you're recapping a conversation you had with yeah. another human being who is in your field and hopefully you two respect each other, right? Yeah. So like, I would have a large issue if one of my clients were getting online and every time we got a rejection was saying, oh, this editor X at this house just rejected me, you know, and then like. Here's how I feel about that. Here's how I feel. (laughs) I would would bristle at that because it's just not like we were having a we were having a conversation in confidence with this person. Mm -hmm. And it's now we're basically there's certain amounts of respect that are owed to each other in this process and for way too long and far too frequently writers often don't get that respect and I understand that but it is sometimes like am I I don't know it's like when I especially when I engage with a manuscript like you know I take like every agent presumably but like I take my submission seriously you know what I mean I review things careful carefully to the extent of my abilities all this kind of stuff just as I expect editors to do for me when I send them things and when I send them a no or a yes it's for a reason you know what I mean mm-hmm. and so you at least like sometimes I feel like there's a hesitancy to like put every single thing on blast online just because that's not like befitting the thought and respect we're theoretically showing each other throughout this process you know what I mean like I do think that there is an amount of, I don't know, it's not like manners or decorum I'm thinking just of. Just professional just respect. Just professional. Like, I guess that's that's actually what's so tricky to balance in a conversation like this is, like, what is professionalism? Mm-hmm. I mean, because I feel like too often professionalism is this cudgel that. Well, it is, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's sort of this, like disciplining tool that keeps writers from talking about stuff. Yeah. Like, oh, you're not being professional if you yeah. talk about X, Y, or Z. But if you get like a really shitty, mean, <clears throat> racist, etc. response from an agent turning your manuscript down, it is not unprofessional to say that that happened. Yeah. You know what I yeah. mean? Like it's it's more I think about mutual respect. And and I think yeah. in terms of disclosures, um, at least for the querying process, um posting or revealing and talking at length about the process is oftentimes um, like you can go a lot further with that than a lot of kind of like the hopes and wishes and dreams and I'm thinking about something specifically and Eric I know that this drives you insane Um, when people online talk about either getting requests or rejected or something like that from their dream agent. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> and, and I think, uh-huh. like, where, like, I get skeeved out kind of beyond 
just the normal, like this is the process and posting about the process, et cetera, is when agents kind of just by like being online too and being in the writer community too are presented with other people's like parasocial concepts of their, of their, like, because essentially what you're doing in querying is you are like trying to find a business partner. Mm -hmm. And one thing that is, I think, maybe worth keeping in the group chat or like to yourself is like telling some, like talking about how you like, you're laying all your hopes and dreams on somebody that like you've never met and never talked to. 100%. Um, 100%. You're making a business discussion into something much different than that. And, and I don't want to say that that is like in and of itself, a, a like an unnatural or bad or, you know, unreasonable thing because like you are taking a very, very personal product that you spent sometimes years or how, you know, however long working on something and you're trying to transition it into a business. And so a lot of that investment and dreaming and hope like kind of gets grafted onto which is a feel- so I, I should clarify the feeling makes a ton of sense to me. Oh, yeah. I understand why people feel that way, whether like, I, I feel that way about certain exactly. editors. No, exactly. Yeah. But it's what you do with that feeling. It's like, giving it to the person <laughs> or yeah. like talking about yeah. it amongst others. Like, because then, you know, if if you get a note, like if or like even just like in a query or something where it's like, you're my dream agent, like that <sighs> makes me feel weird and awkward and it's not just yeah. because I have like weird Scandinavian social tendencies. It's because I have weird just so, just so we're clear <laughs> it is because I have weird Scandinavian social tendencies. If you're wondering <laughs> I'd like to go on the record. I just don't want to be perceived in any way shape <laughs> or form. absolutely right. Um, okay. But like you know at, at that point I think it's you everybody can find their own space within the sort of like professionalism and like hopes and dreams part of their yeah. of their career and like there's there's a middle ground there um and i i guess i think like the moral of the story is if you talk more about the process you have a lot more leeway than if you're being like deeply parasocial about yes. your yes. about your online discussions you just ask of yourself publishing if tweet x is helping you you know what i mean like if if we're trying to you know get through a process and you know get support from other writers support, it's like if i tweet this is that going to further me in my position or is this going to be something that you know doesn't help or might you know yeah. make someone weirded out or whatever and like I to clarify know. helping you out can mean helping you get a step closer to being published or just like feel less alone yeah. no, or abs- like you're no, actually yeah. succeeding that's yeah. what i mean too i just mean like think before you i'm not saying don't post we love a post i post some of the stupidest things you could possibly imagine on the internet on yeah. a near daily basis and i have a really but- good um libel lawyer <laughs> if you <laughs> In in multiple states, if uh, you end up posting about very bad actors, shout out, <laughs> shout out to the libel lawyers out there. Shout out to Remy Green. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my God, we got to get you off the air. Uh, this yeah. Explodes. I don't know. Like, this is a very complicated thing. When you get an agent, um, 
like the the good news is that the loosey goosiest confidentiality and transparency is ever going to be is before you get a publishing deal. Once you get a publishing deal, everything's spelled out because a lot of, like literally in the contract, yep. you have to like ask permission. Sometimes you sign NDAs and you can't wow. announce anything until another party does it. Um, in which case, then just get used to your hair being very, very big and full of secrets. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, it also becomes, I would say, easier to hold all of the secrets and the exciting things that are happening the more times it happens. Like, it's yeah. really the hardest and the scariest and the hardest to navigate at the very beginning. Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah. But anyway, this is... A conversation that we, you know, talk about all the time. Like, okay, sometimes if I have to sit on a project for a really long time, mm-hmm. I don't even like tell my spouse about it mm-hmm. because it's like it, if I tell one person, I'm gonna want to like tell everybody, and so then I just like sit on it. Mm-hmm. I tell you obviously, yeah. but like you're the only person a lot of the times I talk a pro- with, about with a project. Right. Um. And so. you, that's a, that's kind of what I was saying at the very beginning. It's like you and me, and whichever author it is, we'll go through the whole arc of feeling mm-hmm. all the way, and then we'll have processed all of that, and then months more will go by, and then it's time to talk about it again. And suddenly, yeah, we've got to like redo all that, except now <laughs> in the public sphere. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's just very strange. And I and I will say like <clears throat> some of this too. I guess maybe it's like a closing note here. I know we're we're kind of getting toward the end, but like some of this is is just about maintaining your own emotional energy too. Mm. You know what I mean? Like when you yes. put things out there, that suddenly you're like beholden to them in a weird. I guess this depends on your relationship to your social media feeds and everything. But like, you know, it's when when you make something public, it suddenly it's not just yours anymore, and it's not just like. You know, people can reply to you. People can say weird things to you back or say something that feels less than ideal or not what you wanted to hear. Or even worse, no, not enough people will fave the post. And then you're feeling bad about that or whatever. And, like, the thing that I – the conversation I always have with writers is because – and, again, I work mostly in nonfiction where we sell books on proposals. So the whole book has to be written. The book hasn't been written yet. And it's like (laughs) you can have – and I want you to have your publisher's marketplace moment on Twitter. The classic, here's the lo-fi screenshot of, of the this stupid, terribly of the designed stupid website. website that says you have a book deal. I love that. And honestly, when I send that, I'm always – one of my favorite part of the job, number one favorite part of the job is sending – getting up in the morning, seeing that the deal went live on PM, doing the little screenshot and sending it to the author and saying, go wild. And I Wait, usually your you, authors don't like obsessively check for their own screenshots and then take their own and then tell me that the tell you like no the, oh, no I do it mind you that um, it's <laughs> <laughs> I don't get to take the screenshots <laughs> but like that's usually when I try to like say something sappy you know because like that's when people are feeling sappy right then um, but you know the other part of it is like. Eventually the party's over and you've got to go write 80,000 words. You know what I mean? And it's like if you've burnt yourself out or if you view that moment of announcing and making public the be-all, end-all, you better find some other source of energy because none of the work has been done yet. And publishing 
if it's nothing else, is sort of a long, brutal process. Yeah. And, like, I've seen it a lot. I mean, where, I mean, writing a book is hard. And so mm-hmm. I guess, like, this is where fiction writers have it a little bit different because they've already done all the work. You know what Sometimes. I mean? like, if it's yeah, written on right. proposal, right. it's different. But more usually, of the time, yeah. More of the time than in nonfiction. Yeah. The book is already done, and it's like, okay, you've already done all the deep work of drafting and everything. But I don't know. It's like you have to – this is one of those, and this is a whole. This is probably a whole other conversation, so we won't get into it too much. But one thing I'll just say is like, you've got to get your kicks in this industry from something other than the announcement. You've got to find mm-hmm. love in the process and things that no one else sees, because the stuff that, like, the window for when everyone is excited with you about something, it's very small. It's never enough, and. It's it oftentimes not, doesn't match when you're actually not, excited it, yeah, about exactly. it. Exactly. And it's not going to be enough to sustain you. You know what I mean? Like you have to come up with ways to push yourself or have your group push you. Like whatever form is, I'm just saying like the desire to post is never going to be enough to sustain you all the way through this. And so maybe if we all just put a little less stock in our publishing tweets, we might but with added transparency. With added No, I'm not saying I'm not saying do less posts. I'm saying <laughs> ca- like remove some of the emotional stakes from them, you know? I don't know. That's probably a very smart emotionally healthy take. And no one will be doing that. <laughs> including, <laughs> including yourself. <laughs> yeah. Including yourself. Yeah. Um yeah, and I think like you know, there's <laughs> okay, here's here's a little help for mm-hmm. how to how to do that because no, nobody's really going to do it including Eric. Um <clears throat> there are so many of those moments if you look at them like those moments. Um so there's the obviously getting an agent, there's the selling the book, there's the having a book like a cover even like internally whether you can share it or can't share it. There's when the book goes on pre-order, there's when the book comes out, there's when you know your next book is acquired there's like there there keeps being these steps so so like if you're not going to follow that advice (laughs) like just know that you can immediately like if if you are disappointed or perhaps less satisfied with that um particular moment Mm -hmm. there are way more moments down the line that then we can just put all of our eggs in that basket. There's always another tweet that you can do. Yeah. You're only as good as you're only as good as your next post. (laughs) That's very nice. We're gonna (laughs) Someday we'll do you know, we should do a mini episode that's just my rules for posting. Oh my god. And it'll just be the most unhinged shit you've ever heard in your life. And none of it will be good or actionable advice and everyone will abandon our Patreon and that'll be the end of the show. We will not be recording <laughs> that sort of thing. Um, I live in constant fear that whenever I say anything slightly unhinged to Eric, he's like immediately put it on you do. social you do media. Do that. You're always like, That's you because you do do that? that. Sometimes I do do that. <laughs> because people love it. The people love a good unhinged Laura thought. Yeah. On, but that's, what can you do? That's accurate. Um... But all of that is to say, like, we don't have specific answers for you. But what we do have is a lot of love and understanding about the the trends that have appeared about the secrecy and the reveals in all of the trials and tribulations of publishing. And 
um, let me know if you need a lawyer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we will be back uh, over on Patreon with all of our special episodes yep. um, in the next week and week or two. Um, and we'll see you back here for another very unhinged episode of mm-hmm. Print Run. Mm-hmm. Goodbye. Mm-hmm.